Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I'm your host, Tess Skinner, and today's guest we have Mattias Samuelson. It says here that your dad, Pajel. Shell. Another classic American name. It's Mike Shope. Your goal song is the country song Trip Too Hard by Little Baby. Why? Uh, it's a good song. I like, I like the beat. No, why do you have a goal song? And the Bulldog. Oh, um, uh, hoping one day you get one. Dream big, that's good. On WGR Sports Radio 550. The Sabres now 50 games into their 23-24 season, yet to win a third straight, yet to win three straight. Better way to put that. Had a look at it last night. Had 47 shots on goal. Scored once. And last year's third highest scoring team in the league cannot score. And it looks headed for Bulldog 13, a 13th straight non-playoff season. Greg Wyshynski with us from ESPN. I mean, it'd be weird if we had this whole conversation and did not talk about the Sabres. I'm a little bit tempted, but we that would just be like, <laughs> what? You know, like if, if we were in, uh, I was going to say Utah, but maybe even Utah is getting a team somewhere else. Sure. Greg, what what is, hi, by the way, hope you're well. Hello, I'm doing fine, thanks. <laughs> Good. What, what is, like, historically for you, 12 going on 13 years in a row without the playoffs. My son asked me this question the other day. He's 14. He's like, has that ever been done? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe in the 50s or the four, some inept original 16. I, I don't even know if this is a record, but it seems like it maybe should be. I don't think it's a record. I'm, I'm going to check this right now, Zach, because I've got the page open. But I'm pretty sure that the Florida Panthers had something in, along those lines. I mean, they didn't okay. make the playoffs from – 2000 to 2012. So I guess they were, this is even maybe longer than that. But again, you guys are talking to a New York Jets fan. Like, what do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> or it's like, okay, fair enough. Well, how, how do you feel like, how do you view the Sabres? And I don't know if you, you know, if, if they come up at all when you're talking with your, uh, with your peers, um, but like, for example, I don't know, six weeks ago, I, I might've thought, uh, an NHL team underachieving this badly probably would change their coach. They didn't. And now it feels too late to even bother. And I don't know. It just, it feels like we're just kind of watching the wheels go around here. Yeah. I mean, that the thing I heard, you know, in season is that if there was any change behind the bench, it would probably happen in the off season. It wasn't something they were looking to do in season. I mean, they're, they're just kind of a middling team. I mean, you're a middling offensively. Um, I, I don't think they've really shown too much improvement five on five defensively. You know, obviously the hope before the season was Devin Levi was going to be the solution to goal that didn't happen. But then lo and behold, it looks like they might actually have to some, some, something in UPL now, the way that he's played down the stretch. Um, 
you know, obviously in, in talking to people around the league, like one of the things that really stands out is the course correction for Tage Thompson. There are probably numerous factors for that, but it's obviously something that a lot of people, you know, bear witness to, and and uh, and, and you wonder mm-hmm. if uh, his his scoring standards uh, had had been maintained for this season, how things might be different in the standings. But you know, they were in that three pack of teams that everybody expected one of them were, were going to emerge. Uh, they didn't. The Senators didn't to an even more spectacular failure degree of right. like firing everybody. And then Detroit did and, and, and maintains a, a wild card spot this late in the season. Are, were you saying, Greg, that people around the league you speak to might have predicted Thompson's regression, his spike? No. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it was a surprise. I'm saying, you know, that it's a surprise and and you know when you talk about the sabers and their lack of success it's something that does come up uh the, the fact that uh, that he hasn't performed to his his recent averages uh, okay. this season because i i ask myself whether i should have predicted it only in the sense that his year last year was shockingly good you know i mean yeah he, i don't know bulldog maybe this is un, an unfair point i made it yesterday with you just okay, well, you know, maybe teams key on him more, these different things that can happen in, in hockey and sports when one guy becomes such a star. But in hockey, they the top, the very top guys get theirs. You know, like in basketball, you, you really can't stop the very best players. And a year ago, we were talking Mario Lemieux here. So right. he, he was hurt. It's just been a, a, a tough one this year. No, and, and the injuries probably play a part in that too. And I mean, but but you know, his averages across the board just aren't what they were last year. I mean, when you go from three point nine points per game points per sixty in all situations down to two point four, that's a gargantuan difference year over year. His shots on goal per sixty are down. You know, there's a lot of metrics that are trending in the wrong direction for him this year and, and you know, maybe it's an injury, maybe it's I don't know, the the, the team's just not performing around him as well, but like Something's up, and I, I choose to believe that the guy that we saw last year is is Tage Thompson, and that this is the anomaly. Uh, but it's it certainly didn't help the effort this year to have him not be as dominant as he was last year. Yeah, if he had even gotten like sort of, I don't know if he's even on the pace from two years ago. Like two years ago was a breakthrough year. What I didn't expect was another step that we got last season where there was just there was just more there. There was there was, you know, just one on one like he was he was like taking people off the dribble, you know, so to speak, in a way last year that's that would spawn the Mario Lemieux uh comparisons. I don't even think he's fallen back to the year before's uh, stats and projections. So, yeah, you know, injuries. There's also been, like, this is where the coaching part of it comes in, Greg. The the Sabres very much made an effort to start this year to become more responsible defensively. And, you know, I think anyone who follows hockey can understand that and appreciate why they wanted to do that. They were pretty loose last year. It was a lot of fun to watch. But they wanted to get the best of both worlds, right? We've got this explosive offense, but we can dial back a little and get better in our own end, and we'll become a better all-around team. And a lot of guys, it's not just Thompson. It's Dylan Cousins, too. It's Alex Tuck as well. And and health, of course, plays a part in, in all of those guys to an extent. But their numbers are all like two-thirds of what they were last year. Yeah. And for the record, his numbers are below what they were in 21-22 as well across the board. So he's not even hitting those marks. Now, you know, if we wanted to kind of play the optimist game, which I know is not an easy thing to do when it's Buffalo, 
But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, what if this is a growing pain? What if these young players are being tasked with having to play, um, you know, defense and, and be more defensively responsible, which we can all agree has been a deficiency for this team, and, and this is how it's reflected in their numbers. I mean, maybe maybe they take away something from this year, maybe they get better defensively, and then they can kind of figure out their way offensively after this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just looking for a silver lining. Um, but, yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly something's gone awry as far as their production this year. I don't want to badger the point about uh, Granado. I know the last time we spoke, brought up, just seems like seems like a, a reasonable question in most NHL settings where you have, like McClellan goes recently. You've got guys that have won a lot, just sort of this vagabond, you know, uh, existence going from team to team. And I, I guess I would like to hear you, though, Greg, like just sort of on the, the concept of that or the reality of that in the NHL when it comes to coaches where – like you know, you know the Devils and Devils teams. I don't know, Fatoric. What is it, was it? Like you Devils teams that are they look like cup potential cup winners and they're make, lose making a coaching change with a, a month to go or something like that. It, it it's <laughs> it isn't sacrosanct, you know, this kind of thing, especially when a team A is losing and B has been losing what for what feels like forever. Uh, what's the not specific to Granado, but sort of what, what's the counterpoint or what's sort of your attitude about coaching life in this league? Well, I just, I just laugh because, you know, I mean, look no further than what happened on Long Island recently where Patrick Waugh is now the coach, you know, right before the All-Star break. Lewis, Lewis still pulling the trigger yes. because he can. I mean, I, I think the thing the Sabres are going to have to answer in this offseason, and I know that there are obviously, you know, financial considerations and things of that nature with how much you're, you're, you, you want to spend on a coach, but it's going to be a pretty decent collection of guys that are available. I mean, not only – McClellan, like you said, who it does have another year on his contract beyond this one, so you'd have to take that into account insofar as what his salary might be. But then you've got Craig Berube, who has a cup ring. Then you've got Jay Woodcroft, who's really, really highly thought of. Things didn't work out in Edmonton this year, but he, he did a good job there, I think, in the previous couple of seasons. You do have a, a, a collection of guys that are going to be out there that might be able to come in and, and improve things. Um, if, if in fact you think they could be an upgrade over, over Granado. So that's, that's what makes this situation a little interesting. It's, like, it's not like they're going into the offseason and there aren't options out there on the coaching market. Yeah, the big question is whether they'll, they'll have an appetite to do anything about it. They have had, I think, a, a concern here that maybe you, you wouldn't think of is the number of guys that Terry Pagula has paid not to work for him, especially with the <laughs> yeah, Sabres. Exactly. And Granado just got a contract extension that doesn't even kick in until next season. I think, or even the year after, I, I don't even know. Like they're they're just on Brilliant. the hook. They're on the hook now, and like what we don't want is them not doing something. Like I, you know, I can appreciate the hair trigger uh, life that an NHL coach. They largely are they to blame every time they get fired? Probably not. But it, it is an easy move instead of you know firing twenty players. You can't do that. I think a lot of us in Buffalo are worried that they're just not going to do anything because they don't want to pay another coach to not work for them. And that's that's a huge thing, like I said earlier, about the financial considerations. I mean, the guys that we're talking about in the open market are not going to come work here for peanuts. You know, you got guys with Stanley Cup rings. you got guys that were making $5 million a clip in McClellan's case or somewhere in that neighborhood. Like, I mean, you know, it, 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 you got to pay to get quality. And, and they, the question is, is like, do you also want to pay someone to not work for you? And, and like you said, that's something they've done before. It's probably not something they want to do again. And uh, it brings you right back to square one. 
certainly I don't want to sound like we're trying to talk you into this or anything like that. <laughs> uh, it's not like it would it would break Pagula, but you know, uh, fair enough. The point the point uh, is is made. Greg Wyshynski with us here from ESPN on the Wester Hotline. Let's talk about All Star Weekend for as much fun as we all have banging on the NHL. I thought they did great with the Friday night skill stuff. It seemed like it was incentivized properly or smartly. I thought it was really watchable and, and fun, and the players, except for one, were, were pretty into it. Uh, how about you? <laughs> yeah, the Kucherov thing was uh, was was amusing in the way that he reacted to it during the All-Star game. But, man, I see those guys in those passing skills competitions. If it's not working for you, you get real disengaged pretty quick. Like Barzell had those little mini nets he was trying to hit for what seemed like seven hours during the end of the skills competition. And like, by that time you're just like enough. Um, they have a, they have a real interesting question to answer about skills going forward. And, you know, we're not getting an all-star game next year. It, it could be back in some way, shape or form before the Olympics in 2026, but like, we'll do this again at some point. And what they're going to have to figure out is there's no question that the limited field of 12 players made this thing more competitive and made it more, intimate and made it more like you're following you know guys from event to event and, and getting engaged in and how they're performing it also though means that there are only 12 or fewer than 12 markets that are engaged with their guys participating in skills so you know in this edition you didn't have a ranger you didn't have a, a red a red wing you didn't have a lot of guys from really big u.s television markets buffalo included that uh that were participating in skills and and you know, hockey is nothing if if not tribal, you know, and tribalism means you want to watch your guys, you want to watch your teams. And so while it made for a great event, I do wonder what they're going to do with it because they might be limiting themselves in, in the amount of, of markets that, that will want to watch the skills competition. Even if that includes designated passers? Would you uh, what would would, buff, would more Sabre fans have tuned in if, they're, if the Sabres had a designated passer like Crosby? Yeah, the Crosby thing's weird. Like, you figure he would have been a part of this. I don't know. Maybe he's just too old to get shown up by a bunch of youngins. <laughs> but, you know, like him and Bedard coming out for the ceremonial passing thing. I mean, like, when when you're serving a role that, like, Doug Gilmore serves at yeah. age 70 or whatever the hell he is, like, you're not really you're not really contributing too much to the proceedings. But I don't know. I, I'm with you. Like, it's a, it's a tough call because I liked it a lot. And uh, and I'd love to see them do it again in that format. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to figure out maybe they, they're they're a bit more judicious in the in the players they choose to really maximize the exposure. Good point. And as you implied, I mean, more than one Leaf, more than one Canuck, maybe also like there were a couple of teams that had multiple there were yep. uh, competitors. Well, we're a month out from the trade deadline. Um, how how. How hot do you think things will be here? Um, I mean, we've already seen a couple of, you know, pretty substantial trades with forwards. I mean, Vancouver uh, making the move they did, and then um, well, Monaghan getting moved. Uh, those might, might have been the top two center options available, and they're already off the board. Um, what, what do you suppose uh, we, we've got in store in this uh, next few weeks? Should, should be pretty interesting. I, I think the three things to watch, uh, two teams in particular, Calgary, clearly in a selling mood uh, based on what we saw with the Lindholm trade. They still have Chris Tanev uh, as one of the better defensemen that are going to be available. And I think it's going to, there's going to be a pretty robust market for him as a last piece of the puzzle guy. I think Colorado is going to be really interesting to watch because 
They're extremely unhappy with Ryan Johansson right now. They need a second-line center. They didn't get Lindholm. They didn't get Monaghan. And so where do you turn next if you're Colorado? Because that's a huge hole in their lineup. Um, and then the, the, in more of a general sense, I think goaltending is going to be really interesting to watch. You've got some teams like Los Angeles, like New Jersey especially, that seem like they really need to add another steady hand and goal to their, to their you know, collection of, of net miners that they have. And so, you know, you've got guys like Montreal's Jake Allen. You've got some other guys that might be available. But the one I keep on coming back to is, like, if Minnesota's out of this thing and Marc-Andre Fleury comes to GM Bill Guerin and says, hey, I want to play for a contender, it's a pretty, pretty big name that you could throw into your tandem at some point if you're one of these contenders. Who might you like the most for him? Who might need him the most? I mean, again, who might need him the most are the Devils and the Kings just because of their goaltending situations in particular. But, I mean, as far as, like, where the, the, the maximum fun would be, you know it's Toronto. Like, it's, it, it, I mean, Mark Andre Fleury as potential goaltending savior for a Leafs playoff team. I mean, you know, get ready for for you know, just an yeah, incredible amount of digital ink spilled from those people <laughs> up in, in Toronto as they cover that story. That's pretty tasty. You you mentioned a, num- a number two center in Colorado, and we were talking about Casey Middlestat in the first hour of our mm. show today. Yeah, uh, because he's an RFA and. It's been kind of curious, you know. They they haven't gotten anywhere. Uh, and to, I asked Kevin Adams a couple of weeks ago if they had any interest, or even the Middlestad camp had approached them about an extension, and he said no. They, you know, we know the commitments they've made already to um, both, you know, up front and on the back end. And Middlestad might be the first guy here who's sort of breaking through for them, becoming he's their leading scorer right now. Um, yeah. But he's an RFA after this year, and then eventually a UFA, and it might be it might be time. So I'll give you the abridged version of what you just said. Sell high, I think right. is probably what you're saying. Right. <laughs> on right? I mean, it's, and it's not a bad choice. I mean, like again, you know, somebody with an expiring contract, somebody who doesn't have term right now. Like that's clearly more in the purview of the kind of player that a team like Colorado would be looking for. So not not a bad thought there, as far as as him maybe being a solution. Again, like. They're going to have all the options on the table. You still have a guy like Adam Henrique with the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, I don't know if anybody really knows what the situation in San Jose is for players like Hurdle and Couture. They'd be really interesting options. But, uh, but, but yeah, Colorado is definitely a, a team to keep your eye on because they have such a glaring need right now. And, and clearly, thanks to uh, Mr. McKinnon, have uh, their eyes on the prize again. As you write about the uh, heart favorite at this point, Nathan McKinnon. Greg, quickly before you go, why is the NHL in the middle of the season uh, wanting to retroactively change hit stats? <laughs> you know, I, I saw that, and then and then yesterday they also retro, retroactively changed some shot totals, including one where I think they gave Timo Meyer the Devils four shots instead of three and a half shots, or, or three shots. And as anyone who, who gambles on player props know, three and a half is usually the number for a guy with high shot volume. And the only thing I could think of when I saw that was, did they just like win a bet for somebody like months ago that they lost? I don't know, man. I don't know how that works with the sports books. But, you know, I think from time to time, they just want to analyze things. The hits, the hits thing is really interesting. I mean, you guys know how specious that, that stat category is from <laughs> arena to arena. I know that used to be the old joke when Cal Clutterbuck played for the Minnesota Wild that when he played in Minnesota, every hit counted for 10. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe they've decided to go back and audit 
just to see, you know, which arenas are, are overcounting hits or what have you. But that's a stat that, um, you know, doesn't really tell you anything. It's, it's, it's good to know guys that throw checks, but ultimately I think it's been one of those stats that the analytics community has really kind of changed the focus of, which is if you're hitting, it means you don't have the puck. And so more hits actually means bad things for your team, believe it or not. Right. The props thing is no joke. You know, fantasy sports, too. Like, if, if, has the NHL ever heard of these things? I, I, I think how it works at the book is they say, sorry, sir, this is closed. I mean, this is weeks ago or months ago. I mean, just a, a wild thing that they would change the stats that, in the middle. It, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about reaching out to a couple places just to find out for sure because that's a that's a real – I mean, you know, I don't know how they work the player props revisions in other sports, but, like – Adding a shot to a guy's total months later is is you know changing basically whether you won or lost a bet and uh, like I, I'm sure it's like you said you know what's done is done in the moment the the final box score is the final box score but I just that's when I saw that that mm-hmm. that, that change for Meyer I'm like oh man that, that would be really pissed off right now if I bet that guy and he hits the under and all of a sudden he hits the over two months later I shouldn't go public with this, but I had 25 grand on a Marner shot prop <laughs> that I'm starting to wonder about because I didn't win. Maybe I should have. Maybe I have a case here. Greg, always a treat and to talk to you. If, 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 if you're dropping 25 grand on, oh. on hockey props, you got yeah. bigger problems. That was a light night. That hey, was a light night. You've never worked AM radio in Buffalo, New York, Greg. I mean, yeah. you don't know. what. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't my only my only ticket. Very good. Thanks for your time as always, Greg. Anytime. Thanks. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here on the Sabres. Trading the leading scorer in a 13th straight non-playoff season is a very Sabres thing. And I think I support it. I mean, I think I would. But I don't know. It's just so... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So lonely. We'd love your calls on it. If you have the stomach, uh, we'll talk some more Super Bowl too. And the Bills making a couple coaching hires today. We'll have that in the update. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, 803-0550. This is WGR. It speaks volumes, I think, about, you know, the, the, the coach that Curry is. But, you know, if I'm him, there's no way I can take that job. Like, they hired somebody over me to be the OC and then, you know, going from QBs to wide receiver, it is kind of working backwards a little bit. So 
I get it from his point of view. I think it's a, a better decision for him to go to Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is trying in the right direction. The Saints could be trending the wrong direction unless Kubiak kind of revives this thing. So I think it's a smart move for him career-wise. You know, I think it's a good opportunity for him to get out of here and maybe, you know, go somewhere else, show what he can do, and, you know, kind of maybe fast-track it a little bit instead of maybe getting stuck in the mud down here. That is Saints reporter Nick Underhill talking about the new Bills quarterback coach, Ronald Curry, who had an interesting and kind of famous uh, basketball career, amateur basketball career uh, in his day, played at North Carolina. And so he was on the Saints staff, as you gathered here, but they brought in Clint Kubiak to be their new offensive coordinator. Curry was a position coach, and so maybe time to go. And Joe Brady was with him in New Orleans. So he knows him, and here we are. Ronald Curry, welcome to uh, town. I'm glad that when I saw the name, I I, I never even went and looked. Uh, I figured it would come up and I could find out easily enough. But when I saw the name, I went, North Carolina? Like in my head. Like I, I remember I remember him uh, at North Carolina. Yeah. It's a long time ago now. Who is your favorite all-time Tar Heel? Michael Jordan. That's kind of a, it's a tough, uh, easy it's, answer. It's a, it's a Who's tough, the best? A tough one. Who's there. the best Tar Heel? <laughs> LeBron is obviously the best Tar Heel. Uh, Michael Jordan. Did you ever like them? I mean, that's a team you would have yeah, had. Yeah, I, I did. Love yeah, or hate? I did. Yeah, I I loved them. Hated Duke. So that's an easy like. So yeah, in those you know those classic college rivalries, you, you know the way I did it, I usually had a side. I don't know how well founded the 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 side I ended up on was, but I North Carolina was. I, I think I liked their blue better than the Duke. Blue. Oh, so great! It's just that simple. So great. Can I say a couple things about about this? I mean, it's, we're not usually please, talking. Please do college basketball, but a couple of things come to mind. Um, one is going to the Carrier Dome with my friend Drew when we were in college to see the first day of the NCAA tournament uh, is one of, it might be like my favorite sports day of my life. Going to, what is it, eight games? No, it'd be four, four games then, and then two on Saturday. Right. That's what it is, six games. But that I can almost remember the teams. And Carolina is in there and their fight song, and that they, they're the one seed in the region. They take the court, maybe to play Northeastern. And it's just, what a joy. What? Villanova Princeton was one of the games, like an eight nine game maybe. Uh, UCLA was there. It was just like, oh, how does it get any better? Th- before that, I think I'm not sure if that was like ninety three maybe, nineteen ninety one. The only time my father and I ever did like a college trip was that year, and I would have been. I guess maybe a sophomore, spring of my sophomore year, where you start to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he had a friend who lived down there and thought that he could see his friend and then he and I would see Duke and North Carolina. Nothing official. Like, I did not have um, – there was no prep for this. This wasn't a recruiting visit. No. (laughs) We just decided to visit the campuses. Yeah. I mean, I think the pretense was somewhat, like, looking at colleges, but, I mean, I don't know if I'm – you can't just go look at Duke, right? Like, Duke looks at you. Right. Well, so, you you can go do it, but yeah, not yeah, not no. not yeah. Not it wasn't a college invited. visit. It was a visit to colleges. Right. You know, just like you went and saw some grass. Yeah. I saw Duke, <laughs> and I remember. I'm not sure of the order, but we went to Duke. We went to Durham, 
and I we walked around the campus. I have a couple of memories of it, and then same at Carolina Chapel Hill, and I remember like this bell tower or something standing there, uh, looking out, pretty sight, and I I was into like my path was going to be communications journalism, so I wanted I guess I, I don't know if I wanted but just happened to see the the paper in in Durham and in Chapel Hill and they're I don't know 20 minutes from each other but on this weekend both teams made the final four Duke made the final four right. in its region that would have been a Leitner team and then Carolina did too and what I remember is the whatever, the Chapel Hill paper and the Durham paper, neither, like, barely acknowledged the, the other. O- the other's existence right. in the tournament. Yeah. Like, you made the Final Four, top story, you know, huge font, big picture, we did it, whatever, and 20 minutes, or if that, another school, right down the road, made the Final uh, didn't even happen. Right. Didn't even happen. And the same thing was true in reverse. It's in the paper underneath the Peanuts cartoon or something. It's barely <laughs> in there. It's not even there. Right. It's not yet known which other teams made the Final Four. Right. All that matters is that Duke did or yeah. North Carolina. And I just, I just loved that. It was You go to Chapel Hill or even Duke and just be like, this is the best. You know, that time of year yeah. and the sports element, all the – everybody's sort of in the colors. Yeah. Hey, I really, I definitely excited. get the appeal of that. I've never done anything about it. Like I've never been to a bit, you know, I've been to the locals, uh, been to the tournament when it's here in, you know, it, at the arena. Uh, but I've never gotten a taste of, you know, 15 or 20,000 people inside one of these rabid basketball hotbed mm. arenas. I've never, never done it. I guess neither have I, I didn't go to games there. Just tournament games, like you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did either. I've definitely wanted to in my life. Not mm-hmm. anymore. Right. But yeah. Cameron Indoor or something like that. Right. One time we were driving through that area, and there was a Duke Carolina game. It's a family trip, and my kids were very little. My wife has a friend in, in Raleigh. Not to mention Raleigh. Like, NC State is right there, too. Jared Jer and I played the Duke golf course when we went down for Sabres Hurricanes, which was pretty great. Um, and there was a Duke Carolina game that night, and we were – situated in Raleigh, like, you want to go? But no, that was not going to happen. Right. <laughs> to toddlers. Right. You know, uh, and su- super expensive tickets. tickets. are probably not cheap, right. Yeah. They just played on Saturday night. Carolina won, I think. Yes, they did. Yeah. On Saturday night. I watched, we talked about on Friday, like, the, the weekend coming up, you had the All-Star game and the Pro Bowl. I don't know if you watched any of the Pickleball I, on Sunday night. I liked it. I have not watched any pick. I am not against Pickleball as an activity, uh, but the exposure I've had to it on television, I, it's, it's, it's a, that's a no for me, dog. It just does not, it does not move the, I just, I feel very much like, what am I investing in here time-wise? What well, this, this was Agassiz and Graf, McEnroe and Sharapova. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was like a big <laughs> wow. arena venue yeah. and, you know, it's kind of... You know what's in giggles, but also, like Andre, he when it he's a competitor. Like that is an all time great. So is Steffi Graf. I guess so are the others. They've yeah, all, they're, they're, they're all they're, legends, they're but all, they're all pretty recognizable names in the racket sports. <laughs> my wife and her sister and her mom, they're all at the house. Like everybody was very excited to watch this. Oh wow! All and right. my wife is just a huge Steffi fan. Like to see her again on the court, and like we we just sat there and we all said to each other, "There is no way they're losing." 
Andre. There's no way they're losing. <laughs> what I was going to mention is Saturday afternoon. So yesterday, barking about all the different streaming services and, and whatever, like it's too much. I don't even there'll be one or two things maybe on each one of these services that I that I want. Will I remember this this is like twenty four hours ago. You're listening to us talk like this. Will I remember that that it's there where it is? It's all very confusing for the, the you know, middle aged and and up, I would say, but my my son is like the captain of this now because Saturday afternoon was the first day of college lacrosse, and ESPN Plus had five games, mm-hmm. so he just was like me with the red zone, right? Like I say I'm better than red zone. I, I don't want red zone. I'm I'm. It frustrates me because I'm faster, and I know which games are like the better games to turn to. So I red zone bothers me. It's too loud. It's just too slow. But um, and here he is with, oh, Denver Johns Hopkins, Georgetown Loyola, mm-hmm. Maryland Richmond. And he's like, let's go over to, let's go check on St. John's. Let's go check on. It was a yeah, proud moment. Wow, is, proud dad. That's, yeah, that is good. ESPN Plus, all those games, yeah. Sunday games too. So for that sport, uh, that's where you want to be. And NLL, like Bandits yep. are, are on ESPN Plus also. It was a good sports watching weekend. Pebble didn't turn out. Right. That was what you probably were looking forward to the most. I was anyway, the most. I mean, I, I, you know, I wanted to see the NHL stuff. I did not invest any time in the Pro Bowl games. Same. Uh, but yeah, the golf getting, getting drenched out on Sunday. And then even Monday, they pushed it back to Monday and couldn't play Monday. So 54 whole event. And that was that. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think ESPN plus is, um, like as far as the streaming uh, for for me uh, the hockey thing like I like to watch a hockey game almost every night it's fantastic like to me and it's cheaper than the center ice ever was still even with all the other you get, get all this other stuff you're talking about on top of all that um and sure you know their their ad that runs can be kind of repetitive like Travis Yost points out on Twitter all the time like I I can hear it in my head but it's leading up to an event well they, or, or in a commercial break they don't air all the like if they're airing TSN's coverage of mm-hmm. a Leafs game they're not giving you all those Canadian Tire commercials it's just like a loop of ESPN Originals, live yeah. games, just on and on. And then they dip back into the intermission show. I think that is what, you, like, if you turn on one of those games 15 minutes before it oh, starts, that's what you it's get. that for 15 minutes. Yes, that's right. Um, but Pe- it happens during events, too, that are going on. Pebble Beach, I wonder if they talked about it. Maybe just turn the cameras on and roll, because I'm looking at Pebble Beach... <laughs> Okay, it was raining. That would have changed it. And there's no actual golf. And no hang gliders, probably, in that kind of weather. Yeah, but if you get one, you, you, to win. It, you got paid off for tuning <laughs> right. in. Right. So that didn't happen. We will talk some more Sabres here. What is it like in the building? I mean, it's been this way for a long time. It is the record. Greg Wyshynski didn't know. I didn't know, I guess. He brought up Florida 10. This is 13. This will be 13 without the playoffs. It's it's running away with the record. Insane that it's possible. And it just keeps going. It's way harder than what the Bills, quote, accomplished mm-hmm. to do what the Sabres have. And my goodness, what what who cares if he has to pay an extra coach to leave? I mean, due respect, how much money is that? No, no one, no one cares about that. I mean, I don't mean Granado wouldn't care, of course, but 
No, nobody. What, what effect would that have on their bottom line? On on his. Just that cannot be part of why we're sitting here. I think. I mean that. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I, I mean, easy to say, right? 803-0550, Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Super Bowl week, and we're talking some hockey here. The Sabres seem headed toward a 13th straight non-playoff season, a team that was really fun to watch and promising separately last year. High-scoring team this year cannot score, cannot string together wins, cannot get out of its own way here as uh, we hit February post-All-Star break. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here. Let's go to, as I contort myself to be able to put Chad on the air. Hi, Chad. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Chad. Thanks for calling. Uh, I just got two things. I want to talk about the Sabres. Um, real quick, I mean, leave it to the Sabres to be in this kind of situation where, like, trade away all the studs, focus on development, preach, like, wanting people to be here, and then you get Casey developed and you're kind of forced to trade in them at this point. Like, focus on zero defense for a full year. Everyone has three years, and you sign them all. Um, that being said, and rant, that being said, what kind of value in a trade would we be expecting, and what's a contract look like for him? I'll hang up and let you guys talk. Thanks. All right. Um, I, I, I would think you should be able to, with, with, with how he is broken through, I mean, he's not a top-line player, um, but I think, you know, we this – the idea has been percolating for you know a while enough anyway and Greg Wachinski mentioning the avalanche being in the market you know I, I don't know if that's the, the, he's probably outranked by other guys that might be available but 
I think you should be able to get a comparably aged, talented defender back in a, in a trade like that. Like that would be my goal anyway, is to use him. You know, twenty five years old. You know, good player, not great, um, but someone who can play in your top four on the blue line. I think should be the goal. Um, you know, I, I recognize he's still young and has you know value to you. But I just don't know that long range he's in the picture. And if he's not, I got to move. He could be, though. He could be, though. I think it's a very tough trade. I think if you're trading for Middlestat, you have to sign him for a real to a real contract. Or else why bother? You know, you're not going to trade for him. It's going to come at some cost and give him a bridge deal. I mean, right? You're, you're investing in him. It's it's short-term, but it's also long-term. Because otherwise, you wouldn't give anything up. Like that's You would have to want to make that commitment. I don't think that's an easy commitment. Um, I don't think I'd expect to get like a good player in a trade because teams that trade for other teams' leading scorer are not looking to subtract. I think it's, I think it's hard. And I think it's just as hard from the Sabre side to just sort of – I mean, you're throwing your hands up at this point. It's a 13th year in a row without the playoffs. And so what are they going to do? They're going to trade their leading scorer who's 25. I mean, how much fun are we having? I, I, <laughs> I think I would do it, but holy cow, when does it end? And maybe there are going to be times when, and I'm sure there have been times, when the Sabres go, you know what, yes, but no. Just enough. We we are always giving people giving guys away. We're watching Eichel lift the Stanley Cup. We're watching O'Reilly in commercials after he wins Con Smythe. We're watching Reinhardt light up the league. Like, I just I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they have the stomach for a trade, and I doubt they would do great. Wyshynski says sell high. That's how I feel too. I like the he's he's improved, um, but man, I just I I don't know what the move is. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good point about the team. You know, Colorado's not giving you Bowen Byram uh, in this trade. Uh, he, that might be the guy that he's a little younger than Middlestad, but like the the guy that I, I might think that's probably not happening. Almost definitely not. Ha- it's it's more like a guy that can become that guy, like a top four defender in a year or two, uh, might be a more realistic target than someone. Off, you know, someone off the roster is not happening. They're trying to win the Stanley Cup again. You're trading him so that you don't have to pay him. That's why you're doing it. That's the only reason why you're doing it. Maybe you get somebody like that, you know, great, we're getting younger again. Everybody would just be cynical about it. Like, we've all heard it oh, all. Oh, absolutely. They're gonna, the timing is terrible. There's no question the optics are going to be really bad. But realistically, with what their pipeline is at forward and on defense, it's the most sensible thing you could possibly do. Like, I know it's going to hurt and it's going to look really bad, but I've already paid – a few forwards and I've got cheaper guys coming that need that I need room for. So I think I gotta, I gotta make room. I think if, if cousins and Thompson are my top two centers moving forward, I know how this year has gone, but that you're committed on that. Hmm. Am I paying my third line center? What Casey Middlestat is going to command in a contract? I think almost absolutely not. I don't think it makes sense to do that. I'm probably going to want to pay one of these wingers at some point, Paterka or Quinn or both. 
So yeah, I think Middlestad is outranked at this point by those guys, even though they aren't at the level he's at yet. I think their ceilings are even higher, maybe, than middle stats, even though they play a different forward position. I, I have no idea, Bulldog, how fans would react to it. I mean, would fans even notice? I'm sure they would notice. I'm sorry. It's hard not to. It's hard for me not to be sarcastic about all this. But, like, really, whatever? Is that the only word? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can't be that. It can't be that. 803-0550 for your thoughts. Yes, we're on... The upcoming NHL trade deadline and what it might mean for the Sabres. I mean, we won't uh, be able to possibly stay there for the rest of the day. I am making such a face as you say that. I just sort of wincing. Like, really Middlestad is the only name. Yeah. He really is the only name. And you don't have to do it. And there'd be a good argument to not doing for not doing it at all, I guess. Lines are open, 803-0550. Getting connected with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 